be this way. <laughs> wow. What a throwback. Recipe to Chandler. Yep. Was it Chandler Bing? Like B-I-N-G or Big? Listen, I had no idea until recently. I just knew him as Chandler. Yeah. To be honest with you, Friends, I never watched Friends when it was on. Like occasionally I'll catch it now, like in like syndication. Yeah. Years later. And uh, I was a Seinfeld guy. But great show. It was such a good show. They're both good shows. Yeah. I I mean, I, I watched I would watch Friends every now and then, not like, you know, you know, like when we were teenagers growing up through the night or yeah, through the nineties, and it's like um you know, that was like the show to watch at the time. What like what, what's a show now that people watch? Like there's really nothing on on cable TV that's like the show to, for people to watch. No, because everything like I feel like the last everything one is that streaming. Was, like, that was yeah, but the last one that was on network TV that everybody kind of cling to was like the Big Bang Theory. Oh, uh, okay. And then like I mean maybe a little bit of spinoffs would like start here and there, but I don't think there's anything really that anybody kind of just. Because I, I don't know, are the Nielsen ratings even a thing anymore? I have no idea. I remember it used to be. In I don't like even know the, how that works. It was then like the Monday or Tuesday paper, like all like the previous week. It would have like the rundown, whatever the highest show rating shows was. Like, of course, Monday Night yeah. Football was always on there. Yeah. And like introduction of like Sunday Night Football that was up there. But like you would always see those shows and everybody would always talk about like, is it like it's, it's always interesting how the benchmark is always like the mash series finale yeah how big of a show it was but meanwhile like back then there was like three networks that you could watch so like of course, <laughs> yeah you really the market much of a was kind of cornered yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's oh, an interesting man. take i don't know you something over there what's going on over there yeah it's just, i figured i'd get ahead of the game yeah i am still chugging away like i am still a fan of everything peach and this is just it's still here so <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I gotta try that. It's funny because, like, I, you know, I've got some good bourbons here, and this is like a twenty-five dollar bottle. <laughs> Just like, man, it tastes good. It's like candy. Uh yeah, nice. Yeah, I still got the Buchanan's here, so trying to finish this off. It's kind of nice going back to Scotch for a bit. I'll probably well go back to bourbon after this, but um, yeah, you spend too nice much time to- away. Next thing you go back to, it's like licking a tree. Yeah, like Jesus Christ, what the hell is this? But yeah, it's not bad it's though. Like Pretty good. Juice. Yeah. <laughs> Salute. Salute, my friend. Been too long. Mm-hmm. Been a couple weeks. Life, man. You just get yeah. busy. Yeah. Get busy. Yeah. The thing is, is as long as it's been, it's like there hasn't been much that's changed in the overall landscape of, of what's going on globally. You know, yeah, that's true. It's, it's just you, you, there's more that's kind of rising out of the cracks. Like you know, initially when everything kind of happened in between, you know, Hamas and Israel, mm-hmm. you were seeing a couple things here and there, just about you know there was little pockets, like at Harvard, where people were kind of you know speaking highly of you know go go Palestinians and maybe like you know and that's one of the things right. You touched on that, I think, when the whole thing broke first, and just yeah. it's really Hamas that you're, you're worried. It's not the Palestinians, and you know Palestinians are basically being used as human shields for the most part. 
but which is it's i mean everybody needs to everybody needs to understand that that's that's the typical playbook for these for these islamic extremists i mean i i don't know what extremists of other religions or in other parts of the world what they do but it's it's standard issue copy and paste playbook from one islamic extremist group to another is you know use use civilians as as human shields and then when they when these civilians get caught in the crossfire and get killed then they use that as propaganda to try to gain support for themselves well that's just it right that's the word propaganda because you're seeing some some reports i know the other day they were talking about it was like a it it was a ambulance a palestinian ambulance that got shelled and the story was just they were basically using that as human shields they were basically they were moving around munitions or whatever it had been but or is that or is that propaganda in itself is that just kind of i hate to use the word collateral damage sometimes that happens but Mm -hmm. i mean or or i mean because let's face it israel's kind of going in there with a vengeance and they're pissed off about what happened on october 7th so they're just wrecking shit so i mean you wonder if some of that's just you know kind of i hate to use the term payback because it's so like because we could, we just talked about how it's basically it's it's Hamas it's you know yeah. and they're they're hiding amongst them so you, you hate to to see that but you know like I don't know there's just so many civilian casualties at this point and this thing keeps raging on and there's calls on one end you see you know calls for ceasefire and I I, I don't know like did you see when when Netanyahu was talking about it maybe last week I think there was calls for the ceasefire and he was just like listen. He's like, nobody was asking you guys to do a ceasefire when you yeah. guys went and invaded Afghanistan after 9-11. Yeah. After Pearl Harbor, nobody said uh, nobody asked for a ceasefire when you guys went into Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, culminating, of course, with Nagasaki and Hiroshima. I mean, mm-hmm. we're the only country to utilize nuclear weapons, atomic weapons in against, you know, civilians or, or in wartime yeah. itself. Yeah. So I think that was a pretty bold statement by him. I mean and it was dead on because how could we call for peace when we are not exactly the the harbors of peace ourselves i mean we're fighting a proxy war in ukraine for god's sakes yeah and we're going to be saying like hey that's enough guys yeah i mean what happened on october 7th a lot of people are equating to be our 9-11 and you're right i mean when after uh, when we were gathering our thoughts basically and really coming up with a game plan on what we were going to do to go into Afghanistan, not one country stood in our way. It, nobody even no, we had, had allies. I yeah, we did probably not as many as we hoped for because there's like you know France was just kind of like bitching and moaning for for a bit. Uh, shortly after that happened, then what's his name? Um, Colin Powell had that speech where. He said, you know, we a lot of our young men or some paraphrasing at this point, basically said like a lot of our young men gave up their lives several times to ensure France's freedom. And all all we asked in return was a little bit of land to bury them on, basically telling to them, you know, you need to you need to support us here is basically what he was saying. But um, I mean, nobody nobody was going to say, you know what, let's let's stop and think about this. Because we're going in with a fucking full head of steam, and we're going to run we are, anybody right? over. I know, I know. I mean, it, it, I, 
for all intents and purposes, we're saying Israel's our ally, but we're sitting on the sidelines. We're not actively involved in it. So, I mean, isn't this a kind of like a situation where the pot's calling the kettle black where we're not actively involved either? Well, I, I, we're just throwing, you know, because we've got a pocketbook with, with deep pockets. So we could just kind of sit back and that's the way that we're going to fight it. I, I think I hate to say this, but I think part of this is political. Um, I think you're right. And I think it's to show the America or to gain support from the American public for the Biden administration to say, you know, look at us, we saved hostages. And I, and again, I hate to put it in that perspective, but there's a part of me that, that can't seem to shake that feeling that it's all about that because the likelihood of these hostages still being alive is slim to none as far as I'm concerned. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that we completely forget about them. I think we certainly go ahead and make a, a good faith effort to go to go get them. But at what cost to the Israelis for what they suffered on October 7th? Are we still getting proof of life at this point? I mean, I don't know. You think if we're still, if this is still like the carrot that's being dangled in front and you know, Israel's basically hedging their war on the fact that they're saying that there's no ceasefire until we get our hostages released. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some kind of proof of life you would like to think. I mean, there's no way that that many people have got their head buried in the sand where they're just like, you know what, we're just going to keep raging on. They haven't let them go. Well, maybe yeah. they haven't let them go because there's there's nothing to speak of. But I feel like that would be a pretty big bluff at that point. Yeah. Well, I and and the thing too is I think most of this the the calls for ceasefire are for civilians in the Gaza Strip to basically evacuate the area without you know fear of being fucking shelled or bombed or shot or anything like that. I think that that's mostly what it's for. Um. So I I don't know, but I you know, whenever you take your boot off the enemy's throat, that gives them more time to regroup. And the way these these extremist groups are, they don't they they have no regard for human life whatsoever, not even their own. So they're going to do whatever they they're they're going to keep attacking. That's basically what they do. Um, so I think it's I mean it's noble that people are calling for a ceasefire. I think it's unrealistic when you're dealing with uh, with a terrorist organization um, because they they don't adhere to any rules of engagement at all. So I think you fight fire with fire, keep going after them, keep killing them as much as you, as much as you can until you've eradicated them completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with that as, as kind of the, the barometer of where we're at, you kind of wonder how far and how bad this is going to get as it rages on, because there is no like kind of end game, you know, it's just, you know, push forward and now you have both sides that are just causing as much destruction as possible and the well, thing is is like i feel like no matter what like if you don't say like you know if you're not taking up israel's side you're not very supportive and you're not you know vocal about anti-ceasefire or whatever like you get slapped with this tag where it's just like you're you're some kind of anti-semitic it's just like i don't know like you can't even hear both sides it's like i get like there's there's no let me let me back that up because right now it, it doesn't Hamas is obviously we've talked about this isn't Hamas is the one that's best is waging war on on Israel you have a lot of the Palestinians that aren't with that movement they're just kind of caught there that's just where mm-hmm. they're stuck they're stuck on that patch of dirt and that's what it is and now they're fucked right mm-hmm. 
but like, what about those people? And if you say anything in support of those people, like you're anti-Semitic, you're kind of getting that, that vibe. I feel like we're seeing. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's like that, that it's, it's this, like this binary choice thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, if you support the Israelis, then you're then you're anti-Palestinians and, and you, you're for the extermination of the Palestinians. It's like, well, no, that's not what it is. It's like saying after we got attacked on Pearl Harbor by the Japanese, that if if we if we were in support of our own country going after Japan, in World War Two, that apparently we're we're anti-Japanese and we were. Uh, xenophobic and towards uh, towards the Japanese. Well, we no. don't have camps, right? So, well, that that was presidential or whatever an administrative uh, decision. That wasn't really the sentiment of all Americans. I mean, I certainly wasn't alive during that time. Neither were my parents, but I I would assume that you know, with the many millions of Americans here, I'm sure a lot of them really didn't share that same sentiment with locking up Japanese that were Americans. That had been here for a generation or two, at least. Isn't it funny how, like, we look at that and it's almost like it's ancient history, you yeah. know? Like, like things like that actually happen. You know, know, the United States corralled a bunch of Japanese people together because we didn't want us didn't want to, want them intermingling with the rest of society. Germany cooped up all the Jews that they can to exterminate them. Right? It was like something throughout history. There was something always, and and things like this aren't. I mean, you don't see it in like first world countries, you know, but it is something that is still goes on today. Mm-hmm. And nobody talks about it in like China, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the Weigers, like it's, yeah, it, it's crazy like that that doesn't get any attention, but we're turned inward and thinking, you know, that this is this, and it is, it's, it's a terrible part of our country. And I'm, I'm but it's crazy that that still happens and there's not a single light shown on it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, just the strange, strange world that we live in these days. Really is. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I don't know. What? It's it and and then and then you have like all these protesters that are, you know, that are just totally against Israel and what they're doing and that they're exterminating the 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 Palestinians and and Look at all the Palestinian children that have been killed. Well, yeah, but and and again, not that nobody's suggesting that that that's a great thing of what of what happened of of Israel bombing the hell out of the Gaza Strip and having a whole bunch of collateral damage and and casualties of war. I mean, it happens. There's nothing new about this. This is nothing new in warfare. This is something that has been a part of warfare since human beings can finally fucking think for themselves. This is nothing new, but there's one, there's a thing to be said. And I I know this, this is common sense, but it's a thing to be said that it's one thing. If there's civilians that are killed, that are casualties of war from collateral damage. It's another thing when you invade a country and you deliberately decapitate children or you cut out the eyes of the elderly or you burn the elderly in their own houses alive, or you pour gas on somebody and then you you light them on fire and then you laugh at that, or you have you know somebody who's not neither Palestinian 
nor Israeli, nor Arab, or a person that's even that even lives in that country, that's a tourist, that gets captured and then gets decapitated with a shovel by by the by Hamas. So total a totally different perspective. When you're doing it deliberately, you're beyond fucking evil. Yeah. It's when it happens animalistic. Yeah. Because let, let's be real. When it comes to firepower in the Middle East, Israel's probably number one. You could probably say number two when you compare them to Iran. But Israel doesn't fuck around. They're 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 small but mighty, without a doubt. So if they if Israel really had the intention of exterminating everybody in the Gaza Strip, they could have done that years ago. Or they very could easily. Now. Yeah. So I guess they're showing a level of restraint. If they exactly. Exactly. Just like us. I mean, if if we if we really wanted to level all of Iraq, we could have. If we wanted to do it to Afghanistan, we could have. We have the firepower to do it. We have enough pissed off people that would that would be more than happy to to carry to carry out those orders. Hmm. But we don't because that that's not that's not what our what our motive or what our intentions are when going into right. a country like that. Could could we easily take these countries over for territory? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who's going to stop us? No one. But that's not our intention. Our intention is to go in to right the wrongs, turn it over to people who are going to, you know, try to run the country decently, even though obviously we know that that hasn't worked out very well so far. But it's it's totally different story. And and these people that are that are out there protesting and are anti-Israel and what their campaign is and all that other stuff, they're they have their head head shoved so far up their ass that they could basically see back out of their own mouth again. It's it's fascinating to see this. And then you have these numbnuts like Rashida Talib that are out there just spouting bullshit and lies just because she's it, it's so apparent how anti-Semitic she is. Uh, it, it's well, I mean, she, she doesn't even she doesn't even hide it. Well, I mean, you're seeing videos of her saying, you know, Mr. President, the United States is not with you on this one. What are you talking about? What bubble are you in? Like this is just she's a member of the squad, right? Yeah, part of the squad. Like it's amazing to me how these few women that are that they're members of the squad here. Isn't it interesting how it's just women? Anyway, uh, it's oh no, it's they 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 do have a a, a male. Really, male's named I... Jamal, the guy from New York who pulled the the fire alarm. Of course, of course, you got yeah. somebody that's participating in childhood antics. So like pulling a fire alarm anyway you know you have somebody like this who's so far just gone on on their perspective of this how are you going to possibly say that the united states isn't with them isn't isn't in support of israel on this yeah. like i feel like there's overwhelming support for them i mean you're catching little pockets here and there but everybody's kind of looking at them like what the fuck is wrong with you what are you talking about i don't know yeah exactly but, but it's it it's interesting to me that you're finally finding it. This like this is what it took for a member of the the squad to be kind of ostracized and mm-hmm. cast out of out of the limelight. And it's interesting, of course. You see, you know, Ilya was Ilya Ilyan Omar, Il- Ilhan Omar, Ilhan Omar. You're seeing her as yeah. like her only 
it's like her her strength in the corner you know her yeah her mick to her her mick to her rocky like oh <laughs> uh, yeah the 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 male member of the squad is jamal bowman okay he's uh okay. he's a democratic congressman from new york no surprise yeah so it's I don't know. I mean, I, I understand why she would have the perspective that she has being the only Palestinian, uh, ethnic, ethnic Palestinian member of Congress. I, I, I understand, but I think at some point you kind of got to like, listen, like, this is like, th this is your chance to kind of distance yourself from like, and I'm not saying distance yourself from your heritage, but kind of say like, you know, I, I like I don't condone these actions, you know, just step out and say, I don't condone what happened in, in, in Israel on October 7th. Mm -hmm. And there's even some people, I don't say some people, I know there's a person I know local. He's like, he's all on social media, even talking about like, you know, prayers for Palestine. Like, did you forget what prompted that? Did you forget about like, like the beheadings did you forget about the, the burnings of homes and well elderly and, and just did you forget about that massacre that prompted the reaction that they're getting and now you're upset about that reaction I'm like come on man you gotta use your head here like yeah, understand. And, and 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 that's the thing it's they people keep saying you know pray for palestine pray for palestine yes i, I mean most log logical level-headed people would say yes we we pray for the for the safe passage of palestinians out of that war zone so they're not killed in the crossfire between Israel and Hamas. So it's it's almost like they, they completely forget who the who the, the the two sides that are fighting and why this why this happened. It's like they completely ignore all that and just automatically put Israel on the you know on the you know on the side of being the aggressor when in fact they're they're just countering what happened to them. Right. That makes no sense whatsoever. It's so it, it's the the like the lack. It's either people are too fucking stupid to really understand the situation, what's going on, or they're that oblivious to everything and don't have a full a full picture. I I would I really like to think it's more so that they're too fucking stupid to understand that because it's it's everywhere. There there's no lack of news coverage anywhere. All you have to do is. You know, tap on your phone and see what headlines pop up in the news to tell you exactly what's going on in the world. So I, I, I think they're just too fucking stupid to really understand what's going on. Or another thing I, I was thinking of today is, I mean, if, if you look at a lot of these protesters, they're of their college age kids. And again, it's not all of them. It's most of what we see. I, I think they've this generation has just gotten to the point where they hate their country so much that whatever happens in the world that is counter to the United States and what the United States does, that's what they're in support of. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got attacked here that there would be no tears shed for any dead Americans by these college students because they hate the country so much. Here's a true story of how disillusioned students like that are please this tell. is a true story this is a true story this is happening right now i've got an individual at work a client we'll say um who has family in haiti mm -hmm. 
his brother is on the other side of the wall um and he, they're he's the one that's that's incarcerated he's trying to reach out to his brother who's who's a, an officer at another facility and he's uh we're not allowing him to make that phone call he's i mean if his brother wants to reach out that that's in custody he can and then we could anyway that's near here and there nonetheless they have a a fam their, their parents live in mm -hmm. haiti they are kidnapped right now they're being held hostage they're being kidnapped for ransom yeah they this part of haiti and nobody's talking about this and this is right in our own hemisphere i mean mm -hmm. you, you, you could fly to the dominican republic and go there for vacation it's the same fucking island in haiti people don't realize that yeah so their 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 parents are being held hostages for for ransom this portion of haiti that it's in it's so overrun by warlords that reaching out to the american consulate there or the embassy um they're basically like listen we, we we have no control like there's nothing we could do right now you're basically on your own like pay the ransom that's it that's mm -hmm. all we do this is happening in our own hemisphere in our own time zone yeah this is happening here and you're so concerned in saying that america is such the, such a shitty country like it makes no sense no <laughs> sense like that's that's what i don't understand because it's often these these supposed you know kids that are off to university that are they're supposed to be collecting an education but they don't even understand what's going on in the world around no. them like I, I mean i don't i don't have anything against education and and you know and books and, and drifting off and you know but i i think you have to be somewhat in touch with the world around you you have to know yeah. what's going on history is one of the most important subjects in, in 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 world history and just turning on the news and i remember years ago talking to somebody who i knew who spent a summer working on a cruise ship and i don't know if you've ever been on a cruise but a lot of no. the, the people that are employed on a cruise ship they'll have like a name tag with their name and like it'll say underneath like what country they're from because yeah. usually it's a hodgepodge of different collections of of, of of ethnicities that you're going to get on this boat and it's actually kind of cool because you could talk about the, your culture and, and you hear you know where, where yeah. the people are from and what he learned from working with uh, people from other parts of the world is that americans pay too much attention to local news and not enough attention to world news yeah that's true and it was interesting to hear and and when you think about it it makes a lot of sense because especially in europe like Europe in itself is, you know, the size of the United States, which is one country, but that's many countries. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you're always paying attention to what's going on in other countries. You're always looking at what, what what's going on in, in the world as opposed to just your country. And I think that's the problem is that you kind of get caught with your head in the sand, like a, you know, an ostrich where you're not really looking around. You're just kind of looking at, at what you got, you know, it's like the, the seeing the, the, the forest through the trees kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think that's something that a lot of these kids have a problem with because this is, like I said, that's a true story and it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And if that's a story that I heard here in Connecticut, I'm sure that there's many stories that are similar to that outside of my bubble. And mm -hmm. and, and then these, these college kids that are protesting un, unbeknownst to them, like what's actually taking place. Yeah. It's dangerous because mm -hmm. these are the kids that 
eventually, you know, become involved in these echo chambers. And next thing you know, these are our leaders, right? Because mm -hmm. then, you, then you have people like the squad and mm -hmm. you have people that are like, you know, that, that see things that are happening in that region. And they're so consumed with thinking that, you know, this is something that, 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 that the country is not behind the president when it comes to the support of Israel. Like that's obviously what her bubble is saying. Yeah. She's not really paying attention to what other people are saying around her. But yeah. That's a, that's a problem. And I mean, we can go down a rabbit hole with that and talking about different, you know, the different platforms. We talked about it when it became X from Twitter and then there was threads and it's just like everybody kind of follows whatever their, their process, you know, whatever their idealism is. And people didn't want to go with, you know, once Elon Musk kind of took off the, the uncorked it, so we say from where it was just this big, you know, censored echo chamber where you can only say a certain thing and people that uh -huh. spoke out against it, you were censored. And and that's one of the things, I mean, we could finally actually get into what the article you, you were sharing <laughs> about, uh, about, uh, what's her name there? Rashida uh, Tlaib. Tlaib. Yep. So with my great monologue, <laughs> just <laughs> kind of came full circle. And, and, you know, I mean, we talk about this before and like, that's one of the things I think that, that is so great about when Elon Musk took over Twitter, now X, yeah. um, is that he, he gave a forum to people that didn't really believe in just like this one stereotypical, per, you know, ideal that you would find yeah. in there. It was okay to kind of talk uh, against the masses. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I mean, getting, getting into this, I think it was, uh, formed a, a way of 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 the house finally saying you know is enough is enough with the bullshit that she's pretty much coming out with i mean i i i get where she's coming from and i understand because she is palestinian she also comes from an area in the united states that has a very heavy 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 middle eastern population which is southeastern part of michigan or around the detroit area so, I mean, she really doesn't fear any sort of reprimand from her constituents in terms of voting her out of office, because I'm sure she shares a lot of the same sentiments that her constituents share. Same thing with Ilhan Omar. She's from Minnesota, and the district that she represents has a very heavy Somalian and I think Sudanese population as well. So there's a lot of sharing of sentiments that she has as well towards the United States and Israel altogether. So, um, but I, I mean, the, the real question is, you know, like what, what exactly has been accomplished by censoring Rashida Tlaib? I mean, does it basically, is it almost like a gag order that she can't go out and do any more public, you know, outcries the way she's been doing really doesn't. I mean, from what I'm seeing here, it's really just a way to, to, uh, it's so the, the quote that I'm seeing here in this article on CBS News is a censure is viewed as more of a as more serious than a reprimand, which is another resolution House members can bring to the floor to punish fellow members. Does a sense does a censure come with any punishment? No, a censure doesn't result in in the removal of any member from any committees or hamper his or her authority as a lawmaker in any way. So then the question is, what the fuck is the point? <laughs> Is it just to right. come out and say, oh, well, you know, we we condemn what she says. Okay, well, that doesn't really accomplish anything because she's still spouting out bullshit 
from everybody. And she clearly is not going to get voted out of office by by her constituents. So what exactly has been accomplished? Really nothing. No, but I, I love the description. It was like, upon approval by the majority, the censored lawmaker is supposed to stand in the well of the House chamber while the presiding officer reads the censor resolution. Talia was not required to stand in the well. Like, it, it's funny, just read the description. Like, she's required to stand in the well. It sounds like it's like some kind of medieval thing. <laughs> this woman's going to be yeah. cast into a well. She's standing down there. Like, you know, she got to put the lotion on her skin before she gets the hose again. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, I, what kind of well are you forcing this woman to stand in? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it almost seems like it almost seems like they're like, you know, they're making it seem like she's gonna get tarred or feathered, whereas that's probably a more harsh of a, a more harsh of a, of a punishment than what she's getting with this with this censure. So, yeah, I mean, I understand why this became an article, but after you know, reading into it, I, I guess this this happens all the time. Um, most times you're not even going to hear about it but because of the circumstances this is why you're hearing about yeah. it because she is a Palestinian and she is kind of going against the grain as to, to yeah. how this thing's actually playing out, which is kind of funny, you know, I mean, because what was the whole thing with Trump? A lot of it was just like false narratives, like yeah. what he was saying and now we're seeing it again and yeah. she's not going to jail for it. No, um, of course not. Yeah. So, but that's the I thing. Know. I mean, when I first came across it, like when you first shared it, like the first thing that I'm seeing is like, she's being censored. I'm thinking censor, you know, like, yeah, she's being censored. Like, this is a can of worms, man. This is not good. Like, <laughs> you, you can't just walk out like, what are we going to have like the Reichstag? And there's going to be people if you speak out against what, what they're going <laughs> across, they're just going to yank you out in the dead of night. And, and like, that's it. Like, but yeah, but not, I, at all, I, not at all. I don't right know, now. but so I, I think, yeah, I, yeah. I think that the big thing is with all of this, especially with her is, her, her constituents really, really should be ashamed of themselves, to be quite honest, that this is who you're picking as your representative, somebody who's out there and, and basically blurting out blatant lies, like especially with that hospital that supposedly Israel had bombed in even after it came out that it wasn't Israel, it was a, a rocket that went that went awry, fired from Hamas and landed near the hospital, didn't even didn't even damage the hospitals really it landed like in a parking area that killed a few civilians um and she's just out there the next couple of days still spouting that lie off i mean this is a u.s lawmaker okay somebody who needs to have integrity now and i say that <laughs> i say that almost uh, uh a little a little sarcastically considering not many members of congress really do have a lot of uh, uh, integrity, if you will. But I mean, even in this, I mean, like you are out there spurting out a blatant lie and your anti-Semitism is showing so extremely. And yet this is the representative that you want representing you as a citizen. It's, it's disgusting as far as I'm concerned. But again, we have to consider the district that she comes from. Same thing with Ilhan Omar. Same thing with AOC. I mean, look at the districts they come from. It is the extreme of the extreme when it comes to far left ideology for all of them. You can say the same probably for Ayanna Presley too in, in Massachusetts. She's she's the the one that that kind of looks like RuPaul in the in the group. That's that's bald. I get it. She has alopecia. I'm not making fun of that, but you know, as a frame of reference, if you're wondering who the hell is the one that looks like 
that looks like uh, RuPaul <laughs> in Congress. That's Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts, member of the squad. But it, it, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's it's disgusting as far as I'm concerned. Just like, the, the thing was kind of cast originally as like this hip new thing. Yeah, that's the squad. It was given a catchy name. This is the squad. Be like the suicide squad. <laughs> they're committing political suicide, but apparently they keep getting fucking reelected. Yeah, I mean, what does that say about their district? But I mean, don't forget, you know, you had somebody like Nancy Pelosi who is, I mean, I feel like there's only like, so most of the people there are living on the streets, like injecting heroin in their veins and just leaving their needles all over the place, taking shits on sidewalks. Is like maybe, like, what is the voter population? Like, what, what is the actual voter turnout? Is there like, there's like five people that actually show up to vote? Everybody yeah. else is just like, they don't even know it's election day. They're just like, fucking whatever, <laughs> just out there. But the, I mean, the, then again, on, on the Republican side, you got like Lauren Boeber and and Marjorie yeah, Taylor Green. Marjorie Green, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's it's not much different. But, always, I mean, yeah, there's a yin and yang. It is yeah, but I mean, considering the the current events right now, you know, it, it's uh, I don't know. It's and I get it. It's it's not just Jews that have gone through you know a a, a genocide over the years in in all of humanity. Every race and every culture. Every religion has faced some sort of persecution. Jews are certainly aren't, aren't the only ones, but it's the most recent and the one that sticks in everybody's memories. And and everybody knows how horrific it was. I mean, there it's not that old where you have no visual depiction and no written history of what happened with all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm sure the Romans captured and 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 executed a lot of people in their days. I'm sure the Greeks probably did the same. The 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 Persians did the same. Hell, Genghis Khan, how many people did he fucking murder in during his reign of terror and what, like, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever it was? It happened to a lot of people. But with Jews, it's it's one of the more recent things that we've seen the horrors of. And we, we know the details of it. So it's still fresh in everybody's mind, even though it happened, what, 80, 85 years ago. So to to just sit out there and blatantly be against the horrors that they went through again a month ago, it just really shows just your it, it shows your blatant anti-Semitism. It really does. And I, I get listen, I'm I'm all for people having good discourse. Like, yes, I get it for the Palestinian people they're in a very tight spot and it's horrible that they have to go through this, that they are caught in that crossfire. But at the same time, I also understand what the Israelis went through because that's something that's still fresh in a lot of Americans minds. When, when we got attacked on September 11th, that for everybody of our generation and above us, they remember that day clearly, even 20, 22 years later, we still clearly remember exactly what happened that day and where we all were. So we get it. So we can sympathize with Israelis on what happened with them just a month ago. And so for, you know, for, for us as Americans to see somebody come out and basically take the side of Hamas, we almost want to equate them as being part of Al Qaeda or, or the Taliban. And you can sense where that vitriol comes from, from within, from all of us, when we see somebody like Rashida Tlaib getting out there spouting out her bullshit. 
I wish the, I wish the, the the censorship actually stood for something a little stronger, like potentially getting her removed from office. But I I don't know because that, I mean it's it's a blatant it's a blatant disregard for the country that you are representative of. It just goes to show how how anti-American you are, and if you're that anti-American, you shouldn't be running for office. You shouldn't be in office creating American policy federal policy that you should be nowhere close to that well don't forget we have a president who barely could put a sentence together and they're they have executive order that's that's a whole other separate that the whole (laughs) other separate issue that needs to be addressed yeah well we got a chance to to vote them out but see what happens speaking of voting out yeah the you have to wonder if that's actually going to happen after what happened tuesday (laughs) night again well, yeah, Senator Tom Tillis spoke on losses in Kentucky, Virginia, and Ohio abortion access. Complete failure, Senator Republicans, on a punishing election night. Well, I, in this article that I came, that, that you've shared with me, I thought it was interesting because there's there's a quote from Mitt Romney, and, and there's a lot of pushback mm-hmm. on Mitt Romney and the fact that it's saying, you know, he's a rhino, which is a Republican name only. So, but I mean, it, it, he's quoted in this article as saying, I don't think it's a big secret, but in many states, abortion is not a winning issue for Republicans. Yep. The winning, the winning issues are related to economy and cost of living. And I think he could not be more spot on. I mean, it, like people in the Republican Party need to actually listen to this man because when it comes to this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, because this, this is, this is for all intents and purposes, he is a Republican and he's somebody that actually gets it because the average voter like, I, I don't understand why in 2023, this is a point of contention for for these Republicans that are in office, that are running, and they're making a platform about this. I had a chance over the summer, I played golf with a man from Australia, and it was pretty cool to just hear him talk about different things. We had a lot of a lot of things that we actually had in common. He was much older than me. But his outlook on the world was actually pretty cool and a lot and very similar. And we were kind of talking about, you know, some things that were going on in our country. And he's like, you know, I don't understand how you Americans, how you guys still can't figure out this abortion thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, like, you guys got it figured out on so many other levels. He's like, but this abortion thing, every other country on the planet has it figured out. And you guys are still fighting over it. Like, and this is the thing. And this is what a lot of these Republicans like. We expected, you know, last election cycle, we talked about this, right? Because we were doing this back then. Uh-huh. And we were talking about, like, there was talk about the big red wave that was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. And uh-huh. what happened three weeks prior to that election? There was this big thing on Roe versus Wade. Uh-huh. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. They, they try to hinge, like, their whole election campaign on Roe versus Wade. And uh, I'm sorry. I, I mean... I think the days of people like viewing and like, I, I get it. Like the idea, especially like a partial birth abortion is just fucking archaic. I think mm-hmm. most people can get behind that. Most people get behind the fact that there should be up to like a certain point in the pregnancy that, okay, this is, it's a little late. We shouldn't be pulling the plug now, but when you completely take it off the table, you know, and, and it's funny to me because the same people that, are these hardline stance anti-abortion, like not like it, it should never happen, are often the same people 
that are anti-entitlements that would keep a family that had an unwanted pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Because say, for example, you know, you have somebody who's not in a good financial position. They end up pregnant. You're saying you're going to tell them they can't get an abortion. Okay, who's going to raise that child? Okay, that person got to raise that child. What if they're mm -hmm. young? What if they haven't even finished high school yet? Now they're not going to finish high school because they got to take care of a child. What does that do for your income possibilities yeah. moving forward? Mm -hmm. So now you can't afford shit. You have, you're stuck having this baby. There's nothing else you could do with it. And you're going to get mad that the government's giving them quote unquote handouts. Yeah. So like, it's just it, it, like, you can't have one. It's like having your cake and eating it too. There's no way that you could be anti both. Yeah. You're anti getting rid of the kid, getting rid of the, the fetus. I, and you're anti supporting a child. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole, this whole thing of, of Roe versus Wade being overturned by the, by the Supreme court, you know, the, and the idea that so many Republicans thought that this was a major victory for, for conservative values was it, it completely backfired. I'm sorry, but I mean, and any Republican that still believes in complete ban of abortion, you're completely out of out of touch with reality to be to be quite honest and this is coming from somebody who generally views their politics as being more conservative in nature <laughs> there's and as, as i mentioned last year after election day last year there is absolutely no reason whatsoever why the republicans shouldn't have mopped the floor with the democrats last year none whatsoever I mean, when you look at the extreme issues that these Democrats are trying to put forth, again, I mean, any logical person would sit there and say, these people are fucking batshit crazy. And yet the hill that Republicans want to die on is a complete ban of abortion. I mean, really? Everybody's getting fucking crushed by the economy. Economy fucking sucks, regardless of, of what people want to say in terms of specific indicators. If the economy was so star spangled awesome, gas prices wouldn't be that high. Okay. If the economy was so fucking great, groceries wouldn't be that high in price. Okay. Uh, uh, loan interest rates or interest rates on loans wouldn't be so fucking high. So, again, you can't tell me that the economy is, is so awesome that you know that you you would automatically vote democrat no matter what but again the issue that republicans want to fucking die on is abortion i mean it <laughs> be reasonable with it and and the problem is is that what the republicans are trying to do is and and it goes back and forth between the republicans and the democrats they basically play this game of who could be more stupid or who could out stupid the other one is basically what they're doing to try to separate themselves, to try to distinguish themselves from the extremist ideologies of the other party. And they just keep fucking shooting each other in the foot. It's 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 breathtaking to see this level of stupidity between both both political parties. So all Republicans had to say was. Let's look at abortion reasonably. Let's not have a complete ban on it, but let's have some restrictions. You know, let's let's be reasonable and say, if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy, okay, yes, she absolutely should should be able to have an abortion. 
should be left up to her choice if she wants to do that. If they find that at any point during the pregnancy, the child has some sort of uh, uh, serious genetic defect that really that will, you know, basically limit their life expectancy to, you know, a few months to years once they're born. I think it's a reasonable idea to consider an abortion to not have to go through that pain once again after the baby is born. It's understandable. I get it. If being pregnant puts the mother's life at risk, give her the choice that if she wants to have an abortion, then then let her have that. If a a a godforsaken 13-year-old girl gets fucking raped uh, either by a stranger or by, you know, ancestrally by some fucking nutbag family member. Yeah, exactly. You hear about I these mean, things. I mean, you, you're going to take that option complete, completely off the table and not only take it off the table, but actually criminalize the girl and her family for, for pursuing an abortion. That's the hill you want to fucking die on. And like, they did. Like, and they yeah. Did. And they did fucking die. Their campaigns they absolutely got fucking died. It is, it, it's, as I said, it's breathtaking to see Republicans like completely losing the country on this issue. There are far worse things that are going on. And yet this is the hill you want to die on. Okay. You want to talk about, you know, all of a sudden aborting a, a healthy baby at any point during pregnancy and after delivery. Like some states want to fucking want to allow that, basically murder a baby on, you know, right after they're born. I get that. Okay. You want to ban that? Yeah. I think that's, that's ethically the right thing to do and morally the right thing to do. But to completely get abortion off the table altogether for those health reasons that I mentioned or those legal reasons, it makes no sense whatsoever. And yet, and yeah, I'll listen to, to Republicans just say, I don't know what happened. Why do we suffer such great losses? Because you're fucking stupid. That's why. And you can't seem to understand that yet. You're elected to be a representative of the people. And yet you can't go back to your people and say, this is a, this is a non-issue for us. This is an issue that will absolutely crush us and put more power in the Democrats' hands and make the country off much worse than what it is right now. I'm sorry. But if we have another four years of of Joe Biden, we're fucking done as a country. We are absolutely done. There was something I was watching the other day, and they were talking about somebody who passed away, and it was just it was who was it? So they they passed away at eighty three years old, and it was just like, all right, well, that's a good life, and I feel like that's something that you know how how old is Joe Biden right now? He's going to be 80, I think, next right. year. So, like, you're, you're dying. We're going to have a president die of natural causes as well in office. I mean, it's it's not the first time that it would have happened, but at the same time, and, I mean, and it's one thing if he's if he's 79 years old and sharp as a fucking tack. Yeah, but it's I another mean, thing if he's not the the, per, the person I was thinking of, it was is Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight, a yeah. basketball coach from Indiana, died recently. He was eighty three mm-hmm. years old. And when I heard eighty three years old, I'm like, well, this guy had had a life, man. He was throwing basket. He he was choke slamming his basketball players. He was throwing, uh, he was throwing folding chairs onto the court like he was a pro wrestler. Like this guy was he was something else. But 
you know, this is like hearing that somebody passed away at 83 years old is not like, it's like, all right, well, I, I get it. Yeah. And you're going to have somebody like he's barely keeping it together. And I mean, geez, when you're watching him give a speech, it's like, what? like how? Like, what? Especially like when he gave his speech about the whole Israel thing, like these are speeches that the entire world is looking at. And, and you go on to something like Sky News out of Australia. And they're just they ranking just, on him. They just rank on him. And they're just like, this is the leader of the free world, everybody. Yeah. I mean, other countries are laughing at us because of our leadership. Not only that, but other countries are laughing. And we got people that are living in wigwams in the middle of Africa that are just like, wait a minute, you guys can't figure out what the boy and a girl are? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. And, and when you, you hear things about like, you know, how Rome was as a society when it was close to its collapse, a lot of it had to do with like the way that they viewed sex, like what's so like, like a Roman orgy, right? We, people always hear about it, but yeah. there was also, it was just like, you know, they were, they would talk about like things that would happen between men and boys. And like, these were things that they, and now here we are. And you're looking at Ted talks where, people are talking about how it should be accepted and like we're, we're you know we accept all other mental disorders we should be accepting pedophilia as well like it's it's crazy to me some of the things that people are talking about like this is this like it's supposed to be like this blanket acceptance of anything that is reasonably mentally off yeah just because like they can't help it i get it they can't help it but, that's but it doesn't make it right for them to keep doing it no and it's like they want to have like this big acceptance of like everybody that might have an mental illness that that then you run into issues where like there's somebody with uh, like a, a mental health crisis like this guy that was in maine a couple weeks ago that mm -hmm. just went on a rampage shooting people yeah and then all of a sudden it's the gun's fault yeah. no it's not the gun's fault it's the fact that we're not taking care of people that have mental mental illnesses and we cast them to the side like all this money is getting spent like on, on these weapons and i know we've talked about this before we talk about it ad nauseum just about the fact that how come we're not feeding our children in schools but also you know we could send all this money overseas but we've got people that are crippled by mental illness here in the yeah. united states and it wasn't always the case and i'm not saying that we have to put people back in like these asylums like they had back when when Harold Rivera kind of exposed everything like that. And then, you know, we, we started to see them closing down. But look where they are now. They're living on our streets. They're living under bridges. They're making uh -huh. San Francisco turn into one of the most vile and disgusting areas in the country where people yeah. defecate on the streets. You know, I mean, there's all these places, and that's just one example, and there's thousands of examples throughout the United States that we could grab a hold of. But why aren't we doing anything to help these people? Yeah. I mean, the more money that you see get shifted over to, to providing weapons of destruction to, to kill people, I mean, one missile costs how much? Hundreds of thousands of dollars in some instances, correct? Three million for some. Fighter, pilot, or fighter jets, they cost tens of, tens of millions of dollars. 80 I saw, million, I think, for an F-35. Yeah, like, I saw something about the... the, the, the most expensive fighter jets in the world and somewhere as high as $93 million. Mm -hmm. And these are things that we're just providing to other countries, you know, or like Ukraine, we're like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you 15 fighter jets, 15 fighter jets. Those are roughly 
ninety million dollars each, and we're going to give you fifteen of them. Yeah. Okay. A cool. billion dollars worth of of death and destruction. Right, but we have no problem forking that over, and it's high. You know, it's hid in this this guise of humanitarian aid, but re- really, what needs humanitarian aid is our own civilians, is our own our own people. Yeah, we're not doing anything for them. Mm-hmm. It's 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 sad. It's sad. It is. It's very sad. But, all right. Meanwhile, let's <laughs> wrap this up. <laughs> Justin's had a few monologues tonight. Sorry. It's all right. No worries. Um, all right. So anyway, I guess we could, we could we could finish with this. Um, the top top Pentagon UFO boss is stepping down after an explosive admission. Head of the uh, the Pentagon's UFO office is retiring days after admitting there could be some truth in a whistleblower shocking claims that the U.S. government is hiding evidence of aliens. Mm. In the interview with Politico, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick said that he decided to step down after achieving his goals, having postponed retirement to take on the role. I get that. He wanted to stick with it. But how crazy is it that, you know, you know there might be some truth to this. You know what? By the way, I'm out. <laughs> he drops the mic. Right? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because when... Um... When the uh, the 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 hearings on Capitol Hill back in July came up, um, and David Grush was given his testimony on on in front of Congress, Sean Kirkpatrick, this same guy, came out and basically said that um that there there was no truth to what he was saying, and so you know it's it i think it was a matter of time before this guy was either going to get pushed out or he was going to leave on his own so yeah next thing you know you're going to hear about a a box truck parking on the side of the road along the way of his morning run yeah he's never (laughs) seen again (laughs) yeah exactly camera yep (laughs) that's right truth the truth is out there the truth is out there. Yep. Who knows if we'll ever we'll ever get all of it. No. But it's interesting that we're starting to see something now. It's like that in the JFK assassination. There's gonna be so much more to talk about, I feel like. You know, they started talking about the JFK assassination and starting to talk about UFOs now. And I, I, I still I still maintain that the that the JFK assassination has a lot to do with UFOs and aliens. We'll find out. Yes, we will. Folks, looking forward to seeing you next week. Talk to you soon. Any questions? Ocho and the Civ at Yahoo.com. Yahoo! (laughs) All right, everyone. Peace.